We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our Conversations here with Dan. I'm sure that is exciting audio for people back home, but Dan was pointing around instead of having some quick comeback. Like there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. Ah, uh, he's already focused on the concept at hand. Okay, so here we go. We had a great question sent in, and the person talked through a lot of different things. I've never heard this question, by the way. Yeah, the full thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they started talking about the concept of prayer and praying, which we've talked about a lot in our, in our various videos, and the concern that sometimes you have a prayer answered is what you think. You've been praying to God for wisdom, you've been praying for direction, and you go, oh, that was the direction that I'm supposed to be going, and then a month, a year, sometime later, you find out that this headed you in the absolute wrong direction. This didn't work out. And so they boiled it down to, did Satan answer that prayer? Ooh. Was I, basically, was I misled by Satan? That's a cool question for I, a whole bunch of reasons. It was a great email to read, I have to say. Yeah. It got me thinking a lot. Well, I want to start with praying for God's wisdom. And we're going to talk about what that really is. But we're going to talk about this idea to Satan try to get in there and steal the answer. Yeah. Give I mean, us a false answer. Yeah, he's the, the deceiver. So absolutely, can he get in the way of that path of prayer, so to say? So you've got this book of James in the New Testament. And it's really about a class war between the rich and the poor and how Christians are supposed to behave mm. during such a terrible circumstance. But um, when you get down to um, James 1, verse 5, he talks about praying. And if you'd read 5 through 7 there, Brother Jed, please, sir. Okay. James 1, starting in verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without, repro re without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. All right, clearly this says that if you really want God's wisdom and you ask sincerely for that wisdom, God will give you that wisdom. It's, it's the rest of this passage that is the part where the real... Um, the real rub lies. Um, there are often circumstances in life where we're pressed to do things we really don't want to do because we know they're right. And we pray for God's wisdom. And in the process of praying for God's wisdom, sometimes we're really sincerely, what does God want? And sometimes we're really thinking, is there a way out mm, of yeah, this? Yeah. 
that would be okay with God. <laughs> you know, um, there's an Old Testament circumstance that I'm going to talk to you about for a minute, and then we're going to come back here to the book of James. Okay. The Old Testament circumstance comes from a scripture that all of you are familiar with. That's a joke. Second Chronicles <laughs> 17. Second Chronicles? Uh, excuse oh. me, Second Chronicles 18. Okay. And this is about King Jehoshaphat. Now, King Jehoshaphat um, was one of the better kings in this litany of, of kings of Judah, many of whom were totally opposed to God and his purposes mm-hmm. and so forth. But this King Jehoshaphat was, was pretty much wanting to walk in the, in the footsteps of God. For example, uh, read Second uh, Chronicles 17, 3 through 6. Read that, Brother Jed. 17? Uh, 3 through okay. 6. Uh, the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the earlier ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but the, but he sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the practices of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat, and he had great riches and honor. One more. Oh, his heart was courageous in the ways of the Lord. And furthermore, he took the high places and the ashram out of Judah. All right, so that's a pretty good uh, recommendation for old King Jehoshaphat. But if you go over to chapter 18, there was a problem with uh, a a possible uh, war. And the old King Ahab, who was a very evil king from the northern kingdom, Mm -hmm. he seduced... uh, Jehoshaphat by asking him if he would uh, team up with the evil king from the north to solve his uh, problem. And Jehoshaphat said something that you and I would say, or James would tell us to say, if you go down to chapter 18 and uh, verse 4, what did Jehoshaphat say to the king of Israel? He said, inquire first for the word of the Lord. All right, so what you got to do... That's a good answer. (laughs) If you want God's wisdom is you've got to inquire of the Lord. Now, how do you inquire of the Lord? Now, some people, Jed, in our day today, Mm -hmm. they go like this. God, lay it on my heart, your wisdom, for what you want me to do. And they just kind of assume the lotus position and they start, uh, you know, putting their radar out to heaven to receive God's wisdom. Which, by the way... uh, brothers and sisters, is totally worthless unless you have some kind of a sense of what God's will is from God's word, okay? Okay. Now, back then... Say, I was going to say, because the prayer itself... There's nothing wrong with the prayer, but yeah. how do you get God's wisdom? Yeah, That's I, the issue. I was going to say, you're, you're saying there's a step beyond the prayer. just tossing it out. Yeah, you can't just... You can't just be ignorant and remain woefully ignorant of God's will in His Scripture and ask for God's wisdom as if He's just going to dump it on you. Okay. From heaven. So so in this story, Jehoshaphat said, but shouldn't we really ask God if this is His will? Right. And uh, so all of these false prophets of the the, um, northern kingdom who worship Mm -hmm. Baal and everything, Mm -hmm. uh, they said, go down at the end of verse 5. For God will give it into the king's hand. That's mm-hmm. what they said. Right. But look at verse 6 and 7. Let's see what he said there, Brother Chad. Then he, after getting that report, he says, Is there not another prophet of the Lord with whom may we, we may inquire? 
And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, uh, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, but I hate him. For he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. Uh-oh. So there is one prophet of the Lord, and he really is a prophet of Yahweh. But I hate his guts, says the old wicked king, because he never says anything good about me, but only tells me about my sins and why I need to repent. Uh-huh. So the king Jehoshaphat said, I think we ought to talk to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably so a good idea. So today in our vernacular, how do we talk to the prophets? Well, the prophets... Uh, The Bible says in Ephesians 2, verse, what, 20 or so, 19 or 20, that the church, verse 20, the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Mm -hmm. And in Ephesians 3, verse 5, it says, the mystery of Christ has not been made known in other generations to the sons of men as now it has been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets Mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit. So if we're going to inquire of the Lord and inquire of the prophets of the Lord who bring us the word of the Lord, we're going to have to go to God's word in the New Testament and see what does God say. And find it. And find it. Now, so if you're going to the word diligently to seek information and you're praying for God's wisdom and you're willing to open your heart to what God says, then you're going to get God's wisdom. Hmm. But in this case... Um, the the people in this story, if we keep reading this story in Second Chronicles 18, they continued to listen to these false prophets to the point that they closed their ears to what that one irritating true prophet was trying to say. Yeah. And they went ahead and accepted the wisdom that came from Satan. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, this is... This is the answer to our prayers. It didn't turn out so good in that story, Brother Jed. It does not turn out well. Now, let's go back to James for a minute, because I think James is saying exactly the same thing if we look at uh, the book of James. Because in the book of James, when we continue reading, and we should also do that, because the context of a book is not just that which comes before a scripture, hmm. but also that which comes after a scripture. Yeah. Um, if you'll look at, for example, verse 9, it talks about the attitudes of the poor and mm-hmm. the attitudes mm-hmm. of the rich. Mm-hmm. And then withstanding the trials in verse 12, which is the temptation to kill each other instead of doing the right thing. And then verse 13, don't say, James 1, 13, don't say God is tempting me when you're tempted to kill your neighbor. Right. Yeah. But God doesn't do that, but Satan does. Mm-hmm. See, he drags you away by its own desire. And then look down at verse 19 and following. We get some of God's wisdom here. Let's read it. Okay. In verse 19, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. All right, now look at verse 22 and read what that says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So if God says, I want you to be kind, I want you to talk gently to each other, I want you to listen to each other and forgive each other, and get along with each other. But mm. you say, but 
But but but they're attacking our they're they're burning our fields and and or the other side they're not paying our wages and yeah. and but God says but I say be quick to hear slow to speak mm-hmm. and then in chapter two you know he talks about in verse eight God's wisdom look at what he says in verse eight it says if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture you shall love your neighbor as yourself and you are doing well. That sounds very familiar. That's like God. That's God's wisdom in this situation. Yes. Now, now, if you go back to the passage we started with in chapter one, mm-hmm. verse six, when he asked, "If you ask, you must ask in trust, in faith." What that means is people have misunderstood this because they haven't looked at the context. Mm. They've misunderstood this to say that if I don't trust that God has wisdom. Mm. then he won't give me wisdom. If I don't believe he can really give me, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, if you're willing to trust God and God's wisdom and not second guess his wisdom, right? then he will receive. But look at verse, the one who doubts, meaning you, you look in God's word, he says, love your neighbor as yourself, uh, don't get angry, be kind, forgive, mm-hmm. but yet you, you second guess that and you say, but God, you don't understand circumstance. Hmm. I know that's what your word says, just yeah. like Jehoshaphat and them listened to Micaiah and they said, this is this guy, we hate him. He never says anything good. Why should we listen to him? Yeah. Well, you're really not. You said you wanted God's wisdom, hmm. but you really don't want God's wisdom. You want to justify what you want to do anyway. Hmm. And so when Satan steps in to answer your prayer for you and says, this is really a, a way that I think will be good. Yeah. And you listen to it. The problem is, look at verse 7. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man. Hmm. Why is he double-minded? He said he wanted God's wisdom, but he only wanted it if what? If it fits his conditions and terms. That's exactly right. And that's when, my brothers and sisters, that Satan steps in and steals our prayers. Hmm. Okay, so... I can see where this sets up. There's a lot of things that we can probably think of a situation where that's the case of yeah. this. Oh, I'm really trying to fit my own will into something. But what if, what if we expand it out to those times where there isn't a real clear, like, it doesn't seem like this is me trying to fight against God. I'm just genuinely trying to decide what's going to be best for me or my family, a job situation. And it looks like both are good possibilities. Well, I don't really believe in those situations that um, there is a a wisdom from God in hmm. those situations. Um, I believe that God's wisdom is not communicated to us in in some, we can't really discern it it's just coming through our pores way. I think God's wisdom, according to the Bible, is given to us through his prophets, and it's given to us in the pages of Scripture. And if we've considered God's wisdom, and his wisdom really does match all circumstances, then it's okay. His wisdom is it's okay to do any of it. Hmm. See? Now, Satan, if we go a little bit further, instead of thinking Satan steals our prayers, Satan can get into any situation for example, in the lives of other people that might be involved with us. Maybe we, we think this is a great situation, but there's an evil boss, mm. and he makes it difficult for us. Yeah. And so we conclude that, that 
Satan answered my prayer. Well, no, maybe, maybe it's just Satan continually getting uh, getting involved in your life and tempting you again, whether you're going to to take a new situation and say, now what's God's wisdom? Hmm. So maybe, because I think this is where kind of that practical rubber meets the road. It's very easy for me and probably for a lot of people listening to be like, oh, if I was trying to justify something that I knew probably wasn't in God's word, that's probably this. What the if situation. you didn't know God's word hardly at all anyway? Yeah, and you just asked for wisdom. Yeah, and that's where we're going. Okay, so we can come in and start to apply through God's guidance and His Spirit and all that. But I think a lot of people are thinking of those situations, like I have a decent job here but I can have a better job here. And maybe that requires a move, but if I stay here, there's not some opportunities, so I'm gonna have to, you know, and you're really wrestling with that sort of situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and you Satan can certainly use that kind of a situation to challenge you, tax you, make you suffer, and so forth. But there's no answer from God in that situation. This is bad or this is good. There has to be. Well, let me show you in James, for example. I was going to say, because I think this is where people really start thinking about, oh, God definitely guided me in this direction, or God had a plan for me here or there. See, this idea that God has an individual plan for every step you take in life, I do not believe is a biblical idea in any Mm. way, shape, or form. Uh, Another place in James that might help with this. Turn over to James. Then I'm going to come back. All right, James 4.13. Read 13 through 17, and we'll set it in the context when you get done. Okay, so 13 through 17, James 4. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there and trade or make profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And it is you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever does the right, whoever knows the right thing to do it, for him it is sin. All right. Now it's interesting how people study this passage and take it completely out of its context. Yeah, I'm supposed to go. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Yeah. Or <laughs> should I go in? Like you just said, should I go into this town and do this business venture or not? Should I do this or not? Yeah. I should say if the Lord wills. But we're forgetting about the context, which is a mm. fight that was going on. Yes. Between the the owners of the businesses and the fields and everything and the laborers in the businesses and the fields. Yeah. And this particular section is addressed to the owners. Hmm. And what this particular section in James 4 is saying, I'm an owner and I'm going to get into this business venture. And if you look at everything that comes before and what comes right after, mm-hmm. it talks about owners who refuse to pay proper wages Owners who don't take care of their employees. Owners who step on other people's lives in order Mm -hmm. to get their businesses accomplished. Right. See? So what he's really saying in this section, if I'm asking if I should go forward with this business venture, Mm -hmm. should I ask just seeing if it'll make a profit or not? Or should I ask, what is the Lord's will in this? Who will I hurt if I do this business venture, hmm. will will it be a win win for people if I do this venture, or yeah. will it be a win lose? Hmm. And it might be a win lose, but it might be really profitable. <laughs> but blow everybody's way of looking at James four seventeen out of the water. Yeah, if anyone knows what 
knows to do the good. In other words, yeah. you know what's right, and you yeah. know it's wrong to step on the lives of these people to make a profit. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do what's right, yeah. it's a sin. Mm-hmm. And then he goes right into, if you don't pay your people, if you don't care of pe- take care of people, and you make that's a sin. Yeah. So again, this is talking about whether you really want to do right or mm-hmm. not. And Satan can steal your prayers if you're you're lying to yourself and you want a way out. Hmm. Other than that, there's not a right answer. There could be three choices and all three of them are okay. Sometimes preachers pray, Lord, you know, where do you want me? Should I go here, here, or here to do the Lord's will? Yeah. The Lord thinks you can do the Lord's will wherever you go. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so maybe in those sort of like co-equal opportunities, let's say. Which I think is what your questioner was really talking about. I think that's really where they're getting to, uh, is this idea of these were what seemed to be co-equal choices, and I made one, and it just turned out to be horrible. But that had nothing to do with the answer, God failing to answer your prayers or Satan stealing your prayers. Mm -hmm. That just means... Satan's trying to bring you down, whatever you do and whatever you go. That's right. And so going back to when you said God doesn't have like an individual plan for us. Yes. I mean, that is a very popular idea. I know it is. In in all aspects of Christendom, you know, sort of thing. It doesn't matter kind of what stripe you are. That's a very common teaching. So to come out and say, I don't think God has that plan. It's a result of the teaching of Augustine and Calvin on predestination. Ooh, okay. And for example, in in Romans 8, a popular uh, Mm -hmm. passage, Mm -hmm. um, and we'll have to do another another set on this question, exactly. (laughs) But in Romans 8, verse 14, Mm -hmm. uh, actually start at verse 12, he says, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh, For keep going there. Uh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit uh, of God are sons of God. All right. So he talked about all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Mm-hmm. Now there are people all over Christendom who think that the Spirit just mysteriously leads you wherever He wants you to go. Mm. Not so. Not in Scripture. The people that are led by the Spirit of God are the people who listen to the Word of God and do what the Word of God says to do. Mm. Those are the ones that are led by the Spirit. The Spirit leads us in general directions of right and wrong. The Spirit does not lead us of which parking place to take or whether to go in that store or that store. That's not what the Spirit is doing, see? Hmm. And so I'm going to push on it a little bit. Go ahead. Because... Isn't that part of if the Spirit is active in your life and you are listening, maybe there was a reason that well, you were Well, the Spirit there. can work through our conscience. Uh-huh. For example, uh, Galatians 5.16, Walk by the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Listen to this part. For the Spirit lusts against the flesh, and the flesh lusts against the Spirit. Mm. so that you might not do the things that you want to do. Mm. For the works of the flesh are evident, which are these, fornication, uncleanness. Yeah. Now notice how that he, he starts about walking in the, in the Spirit, and then he says, for the works of the flesh are evident, which are. Yeah. And he points you to Scripture and says, 
this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. How do we right. know those things are wrong? Right. Right here. Yeah. But then he turns right around and says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Oh, oh. Right. And then he says, in Galatians 5, what is it, about 24 or something like that? He says, if we are led by the Spirit, let us line up with the Spirit. Mm, yeah. And that word is, is stoikomen, which means to get in step with. Mm -hmm. But he's saying, if you read the whole context again, yeah. that when you do what you know is right from God's Word, you're lining up with the Spirit. You're walking according to the Spirit. If, if you do what you know is wrong yeah. from God's Word, then you're listening to the lust of the flesh... And those two desire something different. Yeah. How do you know what God desires? Well, that's where, and this, I, we're kind of straying off a hair from it, but I think it all kind of lines up in, in this idea of aligning with God and really trusting in his wisdom, his spirit, versus being led astray or Satan being active. Yes, and without being in, the, in God's word, you cannot trust in God's wisdom. Yeah. And you cannot line up with his spirit. Right, and that's where I'm saying... I I don't want to say that the spirit is just like a good and bad sort of thing because there's a lot of situations where there was a situation that lined up and because I was paying attention and thinking about those acts of the spirit. So the spirit worked through your conscience to say, this is right, this is good, I need to do this. Well, and then sometimes you have that, just that weird, hey, I happened to say hi to that person and they said something and it ended up leading to... Sure, but that's because you were a soul seeker and you were seeking an open heart from the beginning. Yes. And then that person happened to be a seeker who was open. Well, that's that's an answer to prayer when God sends seekers to uh, teachers like Cornelius yeah. and Peter and all those. And so that's where I'm saying it all matches this larger plan of God, but there's an element of the Spirit is active God, in God us. uses individuals in that larger plan. But there's not just one path you could take. Right. I don't think, yes, I don't think there's just one path that's going to be the right one. But I think sometimes there is the element of, I decided to get out of the house today versus sitting in the house and look what happened. And sure. Make, maybe you know. God maybe God sends you. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a problem. It's just, okay. that, <laughs> it's just that this idea that we can pray to God and just put our little feelers up and God's going to answer us from the ether is not a biblical idea. Yeah, it's all tied into... Now, if you are a prophet of God, which my, my contention is we don't have those right now. I was going to say, that's another but, conversation. But if you are a prophet of God and God is giving yeah. you direct Holy Spirit revelations from God in, in sentences that you mm. can understand, yeah. then that's God revealing his wisdom as he did to the apostles and prophets. Sure. Okay, so coming back to the to the, to the end, question, just to make sure we're we're nice and clear, ending it up as clear as all that can be, I guess. Yeah, um, God does answer prayers. Obviously, we've talked Absolutely. about that, and He answers that when we pray for His wisdom and connect with the wisdom of His Word. That's right. Now we're cooking, and that's that can be we're in it, we're reading it. Maybe we reach out to someone we trust who points us to it. You know, and so it's all guided back to the things that God tells us. Right. And, and if there's no right answer, I mean, if there's no answer that has a moral right or wrong to it, mm. 
then it's okay if you do either one, and that's God's wisdom. Yeah. Try obviously those. There's always going to be extras to it, and that's I think part of the difficulty in making those co-equal choices. And I think another is, thing that goes in this is Satan going to continually bedevil our lives and try to destroy our lives. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the point that we were getting to with does Satan answer our prayer? He tries to. He tries to. He tries to use our own lusts and our own weakness and answer our prayer. And so in a moral situation, for sure, he's going to continue to try to draw you away from God's spirit. Yeah, but this this neutral situation doesn't fit that. Yeah, and in the neutral situation, he's going to be active in everything. Just like God is trying to be active if we trust him. And I think that it's another aspect of Satan tries to diminish God and tries to frustrate us about our belief in God by going, sure. see, you thought God took you there, but... Yeah, but but could it be, like in Genesis chapter 39, uh, when God took Joseph to Potiphar's house and Joseph mm-hmm. ended up being mm-hmm. in prison. Yeah. And the Bible says there, and the Lord was with him. Mm-hmm. Just because it turned out bad for Joseph doesn't mean... Yeah. That Joseph did wrong or, right. that, you know, the Lord was with him. So sometimes even in the bad situations, mm. the Lord is with us to work through us to do something good in that bad situation. Yeah. Now, he may never have wanted that bad situation to happen. Or with Joseph, he might have wanted to put him there so he could save the nation of Israel from the famine alive, which he says so in Genesis. Sure. I think that the, the <laughs> it's always difficult with those because then we're going, well, God definitely wanted him in jail. Well, God may have wanted him to go straight from Potiphar to Pharaoh, but the wife situation got in the way, but God was like, yeah, I, I've still got this. We're probably over time, but let's do one more scripture as we close. <laughs> Genesis 50. It's funny. We get into free will stuff a lot, and I get excited. You're weird. <laughs> let's go to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis 50. What do we got? And let's go to, excuse me if I can't give you the exact verse here until I look at it. It's Genesis 50, verse 19 and 20, when Joseph's Mm -hmm. brothers are scared he's going to kill them. All right, I'm going to hop in because our recording cut off. We were going really long. You'll get that outro here in just a second. But I want to jump in with the scripture that Dan was uh, pointing us to there in Genesis chapter 50. Starting in verse 9, it says, But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So Dan kind of wanted us to have that as a closing scriptural thought as far as God working through things. Uh, He may not have always wanted every instance of that along the way, but his main direction, his main goal, kind of the end point is always going to be served if people are focused on him. So I'll jump back in and let past Jed and Dan do the closing. So you wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we go. Um, we hit the 30-minute mark, and it stopped our recording right Sorry there. we got long-winded, but yeah. maybe you'll get something out of this discussion. I hope so. It probably prompted a lot more questions. Um, Ask them. Send them in. By all means. Like I say, these. it started off with an interesting question, but it's interesting because it has so many It has so many pieces. aspects. Yeah, really. Absolutely. So... Hope, like we say, hopefully this is interesting, helpful, spurs you on to study some more. Um, send those questions in. We really appreciate being able to do this and that they continue to reach out to people. So, 
See you all next week. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.